Alrighty, you're listening to the CNC replay. I am Chris. I'm Noel. And I I'm just kidding. Corey's not actually here right now. He uh he is busy today. So it is just the CN replay at the, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Thus again proving that I am the most consistent person in our lives. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sure I'll be gone at least once during the summer. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. And to all the fans out there who are currently <clears throat> who've currently been listening to us since I believe February is when we kicked off. Actually, no, we kicked off in January, didn't we? It's been we've been doing this for a couple months now. We're on this is episode fifteen. That's mm-hmm. it's pretty darn good. That's pretty doing darn pretty good. good. Doing pretty and, good. And uh as much fun as we've had doing this, um, we're at this point right now in sports where the only thing to talk about is the Detroit Tigers, which is not the thing that we want to be talking about, frankly. So, not always the most fun topic. <laughs> no. So it's going to be a rough couple of months. We're still trying to figure out different ways to make it make it interesting, and we're, we might do bi-weekly, we might stay weekly, but we're going to let you all know is what's happening. But um, at the moment... Uh, the Pistons just finished their last game. The Wings are done. The Lions, we just finished the draft. Uh, we got a little bit to talk about there. So it's going to be a fun episode, and uh, we're just going to have some fun with it and probably roast the heck out of Corey. So I, I hope I hope you enjoy <laughs> the coming half hour to 45 minutes that is this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start us well, off with the Lions? Yeah, I sure will. Um... Coming off of a hot draft, like, I have not seen one bad thing yet about the draft. Like, everyone pretty much was raving about everything that Brad Holmes did, which I'm very glad that we got him because he he definitely proved his worth. And I think this is the best draft that we had in a very, very, very long time. Um, so we got, starting off with Panay that just kind of set the tone for like the whole entire draft. And then since then we drafted big and it's, it's going to be a heck of a season. I'm, I'm excited to see as everyone is as to what, um, <clears throat> what Dan Campbell will do and hopefully how many kneecaps we're going to bite off this season. But, um, <laughs> the only recent news that we've had is we've had 13 free agent signings in the past two weeks. I'm not going to go over all of them because there's no one like, there's not even these are not even like third third wide receiver slot like this is not anyone really noticeable the only big noticeable difference was we had we got Alex Brown from the Chiefs he was a defensive back there for the past two seasons which means he's a Super Bowl winner which is pretty cool we did draft another tight end but I'm sure the one thing that Corey would want me to talk about as well as other people that I know would want me to talk about is Raheem Boyd is coming in this season as everybody watched last chance you on Netflix Rakeem Boyd is something to talk about and I don't want to overhype this kid because everyone that I've heard about is like oh my gosh just wait till he gets the ball he's gonna go he's gonna be our number one running I'm not we have drafted a lot of running backs the past couple of years and so I'm not gonna say that Rakeem Boyd is the is the end all that we need when we had carry on Johnson uh adrian peterson and then oh my gosh i'm blanking on the guy's name from georgia but we drafted him second round last year and he's he was one of number one as of last year but holy cow i'm i'm hoping that rakeem boyd steps up and is like that thing that everyone's freaking out about but i can't say that he will be <laughs> I, I i don't know a lot about him especially because everything that happened with covid last year no one really knows if like we just see him for that one season at arkansas and he he was pretty lights out but Hey, we'll see what happens. And hopefully, it's the Lions. And my what I will say is, if anyone's gonna gonna make him a star, I think Dan Campbell would do it. So yeah, you think he's a good coach for that for him? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I any like that is the most exciting thing right now. Like with also <clears throat> shout out to my amazing father in law. The Lions are their home opener is the Sunday before I get married and as a wedding gift, he's taking me to the game. So Aww. I am so excited. I've never actually been to a lions game. So Either. I can't that wait is to go. really fun. Yeah. It, it was super nice. He's, he's, he's the absolute best, but um, I'm excited to see what 
just the coaching style. Like we know, we know how Dan Campbell is as a human being, and he's pretty much like the type of guy who would hike up a mountain, cut down a tree, and then cook a steak over a fire. Like he doesn't pretty much get more brute, rough, and tough and manlier than that. And uh, he's exactly what we need right now to kickstart Detroit, kickstart the Lions, get the fan base growing even more than it already has, and actually give us hope for like. I mean, Patricia gave us some hope just because he was a name. Everyone recognized the beard. Everyone recognized Bill Belichick. So we were like, oh, yeah, we've seen that guy in the Super Bowl so many times. He's going to be great. And he comes and he's doesn't really talk much, doesn't really do much, and he has nothing to back up. And you saw how quick that was. But I have a feeling that Dan Campbell's going to be here for a hot second. And how they're drafting, we're going to have a big, brutal, scary team that teams are not going to let coming up against us, which makes me a very happy camper. <sighs> that's pretty much all I have. Oh, uh, however, there is one more thing. Our wide receiver core is just awful. We went from having such a good wide receiver core to not so good a wide receiver core. So this season, you obviously we have Jared Goff. Everyone was like, I am not saying that Jared Goff is anywhere near Matthew Stafford because we got two first round picks for him, including him. He's not, but he was also, he made a Super Bowl appearance. He's not like he's not a bad quarterback, but he is, does not have good receivers at all this year. I think him and uh, him and uh, um, Hawkinson are going to have a lot of touches together, which is going to be sweet. But besides that, don't expect anything great out of Jared Goff. Don't expect anything out of a receiving core. I would say definitely look towards our run game, except for that we just beefed up our line, and honestly, our defense has just significantly improved from this last draft. So. I'm excited. I think we're going to get a lot done this season. And I'm, I, if I had to guess, I think we're going to be at like, we just extended the season. So I think we're going to be at like seven and 10. That's what I think we're going to be at. Okay. So, so if everything goes right, mm-hmm. coaching is good. The yeah. decor stays good. Yeah. We get the offense that we need next season and signings or whatever. Yeah. Do you have playoff projections at all? Um, I know that's a really tough thing because it's yeah. the Lions and they just tend to like destroy your life. Yeah. But I know you've probably thought about it. Yeah. Um, I say if not, ne- I, I, I don't think it's going to be this season. I don't think it's going to be next season. But if I had to guess, I think the season after that is when we're going to make the majority of our changes. And by next year, our defense is going to be, I think, absolutely rock solid. And then right after that's finished, I have a feeling that everything from we just and that's the best part is since our line is all beefed up and we're going to have a good run game, we have no problems there. We've we've drafted running backs. We we have that in our backfield. It's going to be fine. Once we get those those special players, where we a wide receiver or maybe another tight end i mean some people like running two tight ends but i think we're going to make a change with golf and then we're going to be absolutely lights out so i'm 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 thinking in not this season or next season but the season after we're going to be a playoff contender okay so, which i'm very excited about but also that yeah. is definitely an over over i'm definitely hyping that up and i, I think i don't know if that's going to happen or not but i'd be a very happy camper so i think they're going to make quick work especially after this past draft i think they're going to make quick work yeah. And yeah. All the picks we have the coming next coming years too. It's so interesting because obviously this is the first time I've really paid attention to the NFL workings. Like I've known how football works most of my entire life and I love watching football, but the the trades, the draft, all that stuff, this is like the first time for me to actually like look at it. Um and it's so interesting to compare it to Obviously, hockey is my strong suit, so I, I look at like the the length of time it takes to rebuild a hockey team, and a football team say, seems to take so such less time. That was not a good way to yeah. say that, but it takes so much less time to rebuild an NFL football team than it does a hockey team, and I just find that fascinating. I don't know what <laughs> it is. I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's developmentally, because we draft hockey players at when they're like out of the womb, or yeah. like... I don't know what it is. I think it's just <laughs> so fascinating that we can go from what the Lions were last year or two years ago 
to you saying, hey, I have hope for the next, you know, for in two and a half, three years to be contenders of some sort. Whereas the Wings, we've been in rebuild for five years, six years, seven years, I don't know, however long, really since Lidstrom left (laughs) in my head. Uh, And we're still two, three years away from it. So, like, (laughs) it's just... It's That's very interesting to me for as like a first timer to like analyze that that aspect oh, yeah. of it. Oh yeah. And so what's funny is like if you look at the picks before and after we took Penesul like we took Penesul out of Oregon and Oregon's never a state that like or a college that is like always in a bowl game or like they're but they're they're still a D1 school like they're very recognizable. But the guys before and after we had Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle and Shamar Chase had won the uh one at LSU and then we had Jalen Waddle at Alabama and those schools just breed champions. It's ridiculous. Every like I was every like in the top five picks, you're at least gonna get one or two people from Alabama and you're usually gonna get one or two people from LSU. And it is ridiculous how much your team can change with those low draft picks. That's why people like usually don't have those back-to-back low picks like multiple years in a row like the wings have had within the top seven picks for i mean the past couple of years now you don't see that because if you draft right and you play your cards right i mean you got to put 11 guys out on both sides and if if you already had a pretty decent core like you get things going which then really begs the question as to like what that's what's so funny about the nhl is like obviously you'll get names like like Jack Hughes or like Capo Caco or Rasmus Dahlin who are like, they could make an impact like on your team if you don't have that good of a team. <clears throat> but for the most part, you don't hear about these guys for a couple of years. And then we, and then like, this is like, I remember the, from like the first year that I was like a wings fan. Now we're like seeing the kids who are redrafted then who are coming mm-hmm. up and are actually like now making an appearance where it's like over there. It's like, Oh yeah, we dra- like uh, the Lions are playing San Francisco week one, and there's a chance that I could see Trey Lance play, and he just, he was just drafted third. So I mean, rookie quarterback, and I, that's that's how big of a difference things can change, especially for the NFL. But it'll be interesting for sure to see what happens. But yeah, yeah, wild, wild. <laughs> All right, is that it for the Lions? That is it for the Lions. Alrighty, on to Pistons. Um, so their season ended uh, last night uh, mm-hmm. with a loss. So they ended uh, twenty fifty two was their record. So like, <laughs> woo, not great. <laughs> but I think what we've been saying this entire season has been lose for higher draft as yeah. long as the rookies are playing well, and they <laughs> are. We've had record breaking rookies on our team and i think that that's all we've been looking for like i think uh dwayne casey's done a really good job of developing his young players and making sure that they're even within the losing system a not getting the mindset of losing and just being down on themselves because of that really Mm -hmm. buying in to really buying into the rebuild aspect and the and the um the idea that they're doing this kind of as a team and it's like, all right, everybody, we're on the same page. We know that we're not going to be champions. We know we're not going to be winners, etc. We're going to try and develop the fundamentals and the core, like our, we're going to develop our shooting. We're going to ve- develop our passing, our defense. We're going to develop all of that. And step-by-step, step, even if it doesn't lead to wins, I want to make sure that your fundamentals are good. And I think that's what we've seen yeah. from, from Dwayne Casey and the Pistons, which has been really encouraging um and exciting and i think they're you know obviously probably a little bit behind the lions because it's not as quick of a turnaround but they're certainly ahead of the wings in my opinion in (laughs) terms of like being able to go to the playoffs in the next maybe two years ish i don't know if Mm -hmm. that's too early to say that obviously i'm not a basketball professional nope uh expert was the word i was looking for there um so that was exciting. But because we ended up with a terrible record, even if the rookies were playing really well, that means that our draft odds were significantly better. Um, so if I'm looking for the numbers in the article I'm currently reading. Give me a second. Okay. Um, 
So. Basically, the draft odds for the the Pistons right now is that they have a 52.1% chance of a top four pick, Sweet. which is pretty good odds. Yeah. And there's no way that they can fall to seven or eight. The lowest that they can fall is six. Um, That's fantastic. Which is great because we've fallen to seven or eight five times since 2010, <laughs> which, you know, great. doesn't help in a rebuild. No. Um. So a couple of the bigger names that we're looking at with whatever pick that is, um, is uh, we're looking at Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State, Evan Mobley, who is a center out of USC, uh, Jalen Green out of uh, G League Ignite, and mm-hmm. the biggest name probably that most people will recognize is Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga. Yep. Um, so those are just a couple of the people I don't, again, Pistons, not, a, not an expert in. Um, from what I've been hearing and the, and the, the rumblings in the Pistons world that I've been listening to and reading about is that while a lot of people know the name Jalen Suggs, not everybody is as high on him as they are some of the other picks. I know that, um, Cade Cunningham is, uh, probably the number one in a lot of Detroiters eyes at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, he's got the the size he can take some of the load off of jeremy grant in terms of scoring um because he's that's one of his strengths uh so i think that that's where a lot of people are thinking that they'll they'll be drafting if they are given the opportunity i know that he may go a little um a little higher in the draft who knows he may not be there when we get there but sure um yeah Either so that's way, kind of go a, wrong huh Hard to go wrong. <laughs> Hard to go wrong. There is a lot of really strong contenders within those first five, six players. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. That is a good... It's good to have a full, strong draft year, so you can't really miss. Oh, yeah. Um, and then kind of on the opposite end, we have um, a really fun Hall of Fame induction. Let's that go. We want to <laughs> talk about. Um, ben Wallace was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, from the 2004 team, which is super exciting. Chris was very excited about his hair. He mentioned that earlier. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one thing you remember, the the amount of shirts. And it was always like a cartoon Ben Wallace, and he was like breaking the backboard and like the nets tearing off. And it was just him, and he had his, his, his headband on, and he had the best hair. Oh, my gosh. It was like a staple in Detroit at the time, especially for the 04 finals. But we have a statement from Corey that I'd like to read, and I'm going to read my best Corey impression I possibly can. It says, Ben Wallace, Hall of Famer, a generous 6'6 center who was a three-time NBA defensive player of the year, consistently played up and shut down top players like a prime Shaq in the 04 Finals. And he says, who else has a shot to make the Hall of Fame? Hamilton or Billups? I'm going to say Chauncey Billups, but... The Hamilton mask was pretty... I don't know if you've ever seen that, but the... I have not. Richard Hamilton. One second. I, I'll, have to sh- I'll have to show you a picture. But if any guys, if you guys remember from that era of the Pistons, you would know... <laughs> Wait, no, Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, is it like the face? Think, yeah, the facial. I shield. think I might be... I think I might be... Um, Do you have that backwards? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I think I have it backwards. Is it Rashid? <laughs> I think it's Rashid. Nope, I was right. It was Richard Hamilton. <laughs> Richard Hamilton used to... It was, the, 04, the 04 Pistons were just styling, but yeah, uh, Richard Hamilton used to wear that, uh, what I'll call like the Hannibal Lecter mask, where it was just like a big plastic, <laughs> plastic yes, face shield. Yes, I have seen that. Yes, I have seen that. Okay. <laughs> but no, I think uh, I think Chauncey Billis was a little more dominant, especially during the 04 finals, but I do think we're going to see one or the other who are going to make the finals from that era. I definitely think Ben Wallace was the number one to go. So it's exciting to see that happen. He definitely earned it. Congrats, Big Ben. We love you. Thanks for the dub. We appreciate you. All righty. Good old Tigers. Um, Good old I have Tigers. a lot to say. I got a, I got a lot to say about the Tigers. I you do. Yeah, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> like, it's so, it's, it's so annoying. <laughs> 
It is so, it is so annoying. <sighs> so, um, I went to the game, uh, it was the second game that we played against Kansas City. No, I'm sorry. It was the opener at Kansas City. Uh, and, oh my goodness gracious. So at the time, I think Kansas City was, they were like second place in our division, which is pretty good. But we, we come off of a terrible losing, like we were at like, won two games out of 25 i think so that was that was like we didn't want a game since i think like the houston series was just like yeah that was in the middle of Corey's tirade <laughs> yeah exactly so we 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 <laughs> we finally get over to the game at kansas city after we we lost to minnesota lost to boston lost to new york we hadn't won a game since we played the white Sox, and then then again until we played houston so we're not expecting much. I was with myself and some family, which was great. And we get, I think the fourth ending, we hit four, which was awesome. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth ending, we hit third. And we are looking just absolutely lights out. And we were holding them to a 7-0 lead till like, I think it was the top of eight. And we're like, oh my gosh, they're fine. You can't, you know how hard it is to give up seven runs in two innings? And I remember saying this. I was like, we got this in the bag. Do you know how hard it is to hit seven runs in two innings? And up walks Gregory Soto. And uh, the first, at the top of eight, they hit three runs. And I'm like, okay. I mean, they were definitely due, whatever. We're, we're holding the Royals to absolutely nothing after eight innings. And then we are two outs. With two strikes, with bases loaded, and I'm like, you just—it's hard. You, you know, they have to—he has to hit a stand-up triple, you know, to at least tie this game, right? Sure enough, long shot to center field. My brother-in-law goes, "Oh no, oh no!" <laughs> and there goes Badu to the wall, which I felt so terrible about. He jumps, I think he jumps and he puts his foot off the wall. He's trying to stabilize himself and it hits the top of his glove. He drops it. We also, it's like 45 degrees at this point because it's like 10 o'clock at night because this game's going on for so long. Yeah. (laughs) And they're sure enough a stand-up triple. And then thankfully we keep the guy at third to save at least from us tying so he can still keep going. And Which, we, I was, yeah. If we can time out for a second, I don't know if anybody's actually played ball in those temperatures. Oh it's not fun. Your hand freezes in the shape of the ball to the point where you're like not even sure that you have it in your hand anymore. And so your release point is garbage. Yeah. It goes wild. It's, it is not fun. I can't imagine playing professionally and like in those conditions and having all of that pressure on you just for your hand to like, freeze in a in a claw like yeah yeah so like all of the sympathy to the players in that totally not an excuse because you're professionals you should be prepared for those things but i sympathize absolutely 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. yeah no they were they were and thank god for robbie grossman uh we got we had nico goodrum was at first stole second grossman came up and hit a a little a little uh, base hit, and it just went good enough right down the line where we could get Nico standing up coming home. Walked it off, which was great, but that should not have even been close to happening. We were up 7-0 at the top of eight. 7-0 at the top of eight, but God bless our Tigers. We ended up sweeping them, which is good, but we, we, we go to sweeping the KC to now going one for two against the Cubs, and now we got to series over in seattle and to be honest with you i have a feeling that's not going to go very strong for us but we will uh we'll see we'll find out about that i mean at least disregarding that game they've looked mm -hmm. like ball players again yeah they haven't been complete trash no um which you know meaning the bar is on the floor for them but They've been more entertaining, I guess, which is an exciting thing. Um, what's his name? Fulmer has been a decent closer in the last yep. couple games. So that's exciting that we finally have that position kind of like sussed out a little bit. 
Um, Spencer Turnbull has been pretty solid as a starter. Yeah. Um, those are really the only two pitchers that I pay attention to. So that's my bad, partially. But um, <laughs> good. Are we, we're having a little problem on the relief end. But yeah, um, the relief is struggling just a little bit. We've had that um, problem for a long time, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been really? a long time since we had that. Oh, the yeah. bullpen's been our problem. Are you sure? Yeah, oh, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we do have another uh, blurb from Corey that he sent us earlier today. Go for it. Give us your I'm best gonna, Corey impression. <clears throat> I'm going to try and do. <laughs> Harold Castro has been a, a solid player and has played his way up to into the lineup. <laughs> Basically a Victor Reyes clone, uh, but maybe a better hitter. Happy for him because he plays everywhere. Uh, Franklin Perez, who came from the, the, the Verlander deal was released and no one picked him up yes injuries are a reason but if the only value if the only person who sees value in your trade pieces is the team who acquired them we have issues (laughs) when the tigers are sellers at the deadline i would almost want to stand pat uh oh stand pat because i would be terrified of the deals avila could potentially make that send this backward this franchise further backwards so that is um Corey's little take, I agree with him on Harold Castro. He's yeah. had, I, from what I've been following, I haven't watched a lot of Tigers games because I haven't had any time, but from what I've seen on Twitter, he's hitting, what, two home runs in the last week? Yep. Maybe? Something like That's that? That's pretty good. Which is pretty good. Like, yep. not all-star numbers, but keeping us in the game, and that's what we that's need at this fine. point. Honestly, at this so. point, if any of the Tigers are hitting above 250, I'm a happy keeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. it's like it's it's not it's no bueno, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's the least you can do. But right. well, what is he hitting? I want to find that out. But yeah, I agree. We are hitting. We are actually looking like a ball team now. Like we're actually look competitive. We're it, it it's going slowly and surely. And but again, I have no absolutely no hope whatsoever. <laughs> In terms hope. of hope. We have no hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do have some minor league stories. Um, yes, go for I it. went to the Whitecaps game um, Saturday. Saturday. There we go. With a friend, which was a lot of fun. Um, that is where uh, the two prospects that I know, obviously all of our players, all of the players on that team are prospects, um, but the two pr- players that I was paying attention to just because I knew them from the most recent draft were... Um, Dylan Dingler and Spencer Torkelson and uh, it was fun to watch them watch their defense watch their offense um, it was really frustrating because the other team their third player I don't know if it was their second or their third player at bat the he got one strike one look one strike and then he hit uh, a single homer off of the second pitch he was thrown. <laughs> there we go. And so in the top of the first, we're down by one, which is always the best feeling. Um, yeah. <laughs> to top it all off, I'm sitting in the rain. So great oh, time fun. all around. Um, <laughs> no, it was actually a lot of fun. But uh, Dylan got on the bag a couple times, which was um, fun to watch. Torkelson struggled. I'm not going to lie to you. I think he had four at-bats through the game, and I think he hit. he struck out twice and got thrown out once and then the last time was the the part that was really exciting um so we're going through this entire game we are down one until the bottom of the sixth inning i can't remember who got the run somebody gets a run we mm-hmm. we're tied Christina, my friend, and I are sitting <laughs> sitting in the bleachers going, please don't go to extra innings. Please don't go to extra innings. <laughs> we're in the sitting and, you know, it's raining. It's cold. We're Actually, it wasn't that cold. But it's raining and we're just not having, uh, sure. weather-wise, a lot of fun. We're actually wa- having fun watching the game. Um, but uh, Torkelson gets to the, to the plate it's two outs, uh, two on one on third, one on second, mm-hmm. and he's. I think he's got almost a full count. He's either got. I think he's got two balls and two strikes. 
So he's got a little bit of pressure on him. Uh, And he hits a beautiful line drive to short center field. Like it is gorgeous. And the ball drops. He tags first. Runner comes home. Everybody, the stadium erupts. It was a glorious, glorious moment. (laughs) Like I have a video of like all of them, like jumping on him and like, you know, I mean, it was a walk off walk off into the game so like it was super fun to watch and like oh yeah um so that was really encouraging to watch two of our newer prospects do a decent do decently well um cory was saying when i told him that story that it's good to see torkelson getting some uh some offensive what's the word i'm looking for offensive stuff i don't know he's yeah. doing things offensively um because he has struggled with that and since he's been drafted and uh, in spring training and all that good stuff. So it was fun to watch. I had a really good time. The fireworks show afterwards was wonderful. Lasted a lot longer than I thought it was going to. It was not like a skimpy fireworks show. The Whitecaps know how to do a fireworks show. <laughs> um, so that was a good time. Um, and yeah, that is my minor league story. I will you keep you updated because I'm planning on going to more. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is super cool. Alrighty. I'm I'm excited to see what Dingler does and and as it's it's good to see that Torgelson's coming up clutch. <laughs> yeah, Dingler seemed to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good catcher. Again, I don't know much about how the mechanics of that work, but in like stopping wild pitches and um, drop strikes and throwing to second, like those, he was he was solid on and um, seemed to be pretty on the nose for a lot of those plays. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I know that catcher is a place that we kind of have struggled in the past, so that's encouraging so to see that we may have may have seen somebody in the pipeline to come up. Yeah, really. Um. Yeah. That's yeah, all I got. got. That is that is something that's going to be exciting. Is as soon as we get done with all the wings prospects, we're going to get all the tigers prospects that are going to be yeah. coming up, which is going to be so much fun to watch. But yep. Okay, we got it. We got to it. Our got uh, to it. Our beloved Red Wings. All right. Throw on your tinfoil hats, friends. <laughs> Those of you listening who are unaware, um, our season ended two weeks ago. Not two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Like, a, a week and a couple days ago. Um, and we have yet to figure out what our coaching situation is. For those oh, yeah. of you who are unaware, Jeff Blaschel's contract ended uh, the second our last game was over. Um, and sure did. unlike the Columbus Blue Jackets, who... John Tortorella literally in press conference said, I'm out of here. Deuces. Mm. Um, we have yet to hear anything. We have no peeps from Iserman. We have nothing from Blashill. Nobody has said anything about what the coaching situation is. Usually it takes a day, maybe two at the most, if they're working out a deal. Yeah. At this point, I'm thinking that Jeff Blashill has bunkered down in his basement and is not answering his phone and <laughs> Iserman is just trying to figure out a way to break into his house to tell him that he's fired that's my tinfoil hat theory that's what i'm working with chris do you have anything to go on yeah um my tinfoil hat theory was that i believe that Iserman has this whole time since the griffins has found out that <clears throat> Blashill is the only viable donor for Cronwall's knee replacement. And he's finally mustered up the courage to talk to him to say that he can coach one more year if he does a knee transplant with Cronwall so we can play two more seasons just to get us over the hump and get us where we need to be. But I think he's going to say no. I'm, <laughs> and if not, I think he might only give up one knee. But probably not gonna happen so okay that was a good one let me see if i can find Corey's because Corey's was pretty funny as well all right he had a fun but our serious one the one that we actually think sorry what did you say no i think we should do tinfoil theories like on the weekly (laughs) okay we can make that a new segment (laughs) um no our serious one is at least my serious one is that i think Blashill's going to get another job within the organization and they're trying to figure out what that's going to look like. Yeah. And possibly, I don't know. Like, I don't want to put this out there because I don't want to A, jinx it or B, be wrong. But I would love for it to be revealed that um, Larianoff was being 
flown in. Yep. Like they're working out the visa for that or something. Like yep. I just, I would love for him to have his first shot at head coach with a team that's up and coming. It's not great yet, but it's getting there. And with his systems, I know that they could do really well. Oh, um, yeah. So like that Bring would just back be Russian like, hockey. that would just be like Disney movie worthy, you know, <laughs> like that would be the perfect scenario. But again, it's Iserman, so I'm really just thinking that he's sitting there in his office, knowing the answer, having all the paperwork figured out. He's just going, I'm going to let him sweat for a little bit, because I like chaos. Yeah, it was really, it's really funny to like... Uh, so, you sent that article earlier. It was of mm-hmm. Mantha and Jensen, and it was talking about um, Mantha. He was not expecting at all to get traded, and... Uh, <laughs> the thing he said about Eisenman was Eisenman just texted me after a nap one day and said, call me ASAP. <laughs> like, it was like, <laughs> he really just gets right to it. Mm-hmm. And I, on like, truthfully, I, I think the visa theory is probably one of the better ones. And I honestly do, like, at any point, if Lariana was going to come back, it is going to be when he's the GM we're in a spot where we're exactly where we need him and all the old teammates that he's had are the coaching staff with him. Everyone who he's won cups with, who they've led with, they, they work well together. We have the banners up in the, in the, in the arena to prove it. So I, I honestly have a feeling and I don't just want to say it cause it's like, Oh, it'd be so cool. But it's kind of hard not to think that Larry isn't coming back, especially I think we would know if Jeff was going to get re-signed. I think we'd know by now. Like, I, I have a feeling that we would have known by now that, okay, we're re-signing him for one year. Or for, like, I don't think Jeff's coming back. Hallelujah. Blow the trumpets. But I I, I really, I pray that it's Larianoff. And I have, I have a feeling that it will be. But. Yeah. So that's what we're hoping for. That's the situation right now. Um, so if you see any frustrated social media posts about, why haven't we heard anything yet? That's what it's referring to. um another thing that we can talk about is the fact that the canucks have been forced to play their full season after losing two or three weeks to covid protocol um which the whole situation in and of itself is just kind of really sad because you can tell that the players are so tired and so not yeah like really not wanting to be there like i think they just kind of wanted their season to end um just from press conferences I've gotten or like watched and uh, read recaps of like, uh, yeah, they're just not feeling it. So, but because they are playing seemingly, seemingly quote unquote, meaningless games, um, that means that they're playing for draft spots, um, Mm. draft capita. And because they won their game two nights ago last night, I don't know, something, they won their game the other night, or they, did they win? No, they lost. I'm sorry. They lost in overtime, but they still got that point. That extra point put them one ahead of the Red Wings, which means that the Red Wings now have a better shot at getting a higher draft pick. Um, Let's go! So our current, yes. So our current odds right now are 7.5% for first, 7.8% for second, which probably not going to happen but we saw what happened with the rangers so who knows um our best odds are for seventh at 42nd or at 42 percent which is not our favorite but we did play better this season so like i get it um there's 34 percent chance at sixth uh and 8.6 percent at eighth so like we're probably gonna fall to sixth or seventh which yeah. is just par for course for who the Red Wings are as an organization and how the NHL just loves us so much. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Canucks, the poor Canucks are playing meaningless games really for themselves, but they're helping us, or they helped us a little bit. Um, they sure did. Did you want to talk about the Wings ranking that you saw? Yeah. Um, the Detroit Free Press came out on their with their – newspaper which <laughs> like a I physical got, newspaper like you a, got physical a physical newspaper, newspaper. <laughs> correct before i went to work this morning i was skimming over it and they oh my ranked. gosh what are you a 50s dad <laughs> and uh 
and uh, I, uh, I I saw I was I was I was actually I literally was I was eating an apple like in one hand reading the paper in the other, and uh, I had my I had my my slacks on my slip on my slip on dress shoes and I'm uh, I'm reading it and they ranked all of the Red Wings players from this season. Some I agreed with, some I don't. They put Jacob Vrana as an A, and he was our top player, which I fully agree with, absolutely. We had Larkin at a C-, Brome was at a D-, which I was like, understandable, but I mean, I'd love to see a little bit more. The problem I had was they had Christian Juice a little higher than Brome, which I would have switched, but that's just my two cents. Yeah, even though Juice was, like, decent on defense and actually scored a goal. Yeah. I mean, okay. he definitely was, but you yeah, have I mean, a soft spot for Brome. I have a soft spot. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But Giovanni Smith was a B, and that was the thing that stood out the most to me. Was I fully agree with that? He plays hard. Yeah. He is aggressive. He can play. He's definitely an even two way, which is good. Mm-hmm. But and there I, were I those couple. This. There were definitely those couple of games when we didn't have anybody to fill up on the top line, and him and Larkin played a lot of minutes together. And he was keeping up. He was, you know, he was making plays and following through on shots um, that were passed, that, you know, passes that were made to him. And so, yeah, I think that that was a pretty good grade. Obviously, he's not a rock star. He's not a needle mover, but he's a a guy, capital Mm -hmm. G, that can fill in spots. Oh, yeah. And um, plug holes, which is really just what... I mean, we need a lot of things on the wings, but a good hole, a good um, gap filler is a is a number one, and I think Giovanni Smith does a good job at that. What are no, you laughing at? No, not a thing. <laughs> you, I know what you're laughing not at. A thing. I'm a good person, boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, speaking of speaking of uh, Tampa Panthers. Mm-hmm. Let's go! <laughs> Playoff Look, hockey's here. I'm wa- yes. I'm cur- okay. Really quickly though, go ahead. I'm watching Washington versus Boston, and I'm curious, not curious, just angry as to why Tom Wilson's playing. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Don't like that he's there. Hate that We've he's been there. over it. We're not a fan of his. We wish he no. was not in the league. No. That might be something. So we were talking about what we were planning on doing for the summer. We're thinking of maybe taking some more serious topics or things that we can't really cover in you know the 15 to 20 minutes that we give to most sports um per episode and kind of expounding upon them so i think one of the ones we're going to talk about is uh player safety and the lack of it in the nhl um cough cough tom wilson cough cough tom wilson (laughs) um so that just that might be something to look forward to but yes the Lightning and Panthers game. Look, I wrote my bracket in the way that I think it's going to go down. I don't write my brackets for who I want to win. If I was rooting for anybody in this series, it's the Panthers. It's obviously the Panthers. Like, I want the Panthers to win. And I think that's how a lot of uh, fans are right now. They're just like, I don't care who wins. I just want it to be fun. And I want it to be chaos. And it was. Game one was (laughs) nuts. There was a scrum every six minutes. Penalties up the wazoo, high-scoring chances, crazy plays, goaltending out of their minds. I don't like it. Was it was such a fun playoff game to to watch. Like I think it's going to be one of the best first-round playoff series probably in modern recent history. Yeah, like it's Absolutely. just it's going to be such a good game. They have superstars on both sides. They have solid goaltending on both sides. Oh yeah, it's. It's going to be a wonderful series. Yeah, I I cannot wait. I this is there is nothing there is nothing better than playoff hockey. There is not a thing there is not like of all the formula sports we cover, there is nothing better than playoff hockey and then it, for me it goes playoff baseball. But it is nothing goes after the Stanley Cup run and this is definitely one of the better game 1 series that we have. So, I'm excited to see what all comes out of this whole thing, but Oh boy! Can't wait for tomorrow night. I cannot wait for tomorrow night. Game two. It's like it, it, it's just. It's fine. As soon as the wings are done looking, we can we can finally go to better and brighter things, which is more than speculation, but actual just rough and tough hockey, which is exactly what we came to watch. But 
Mm-hmm. Now that we're on the topic, what I think to wrap up on would be um, playoff predictions. I know you and All I right. were very, you and I were fairly similar. Uh, yep. I believe Corey Corey's our wild had, card. Yeah, Corey has the Minnesota Wild taking the winning cake. it all. His exact quote was, "If they don't win this year, they never will." <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think he's wrong. Yeah, I just don't know that this is the year. So let me go see if I can find our brackets. Okay. So this is your bracket. Um, I'm just going to go through first round and then read champion because I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, You have Toronto beating the Habs in four. Yep. Edmonton beating Winnipeg in six. Colorado beating, I almost said Seattle. Nope. St. Louis in six. Minnesota beating the Vikings in five. The Vikings? Pittsburgh beating... (laughs) <laughs> I, I saw Minnesota and just yeah, killed the Vikings. Like, Whoa. No. That'd be Minnesota Wild. Uh-huh. Yeah. You have um, the Wild beating the Knights in five. That's the yeah. correct sentence that I was looking for. Yeah. yeah you're good. Um, you have Pittsburgh beating the Islanders in six. You have Washington beating Boston in seven. I think that's also going to be a good series because those two are always just fun to watch play together oh, because yeah. it's really just hammer against fist like yeah it's immovable force versus unstoppable object oh yeah um and you have zadino charo on one end and tom wilson on the other so like what are you gonna do it's crazy (laughs) um and then for the central you have carolina beating nashville in six you have florida beating tampa bay in six and then your champion you have the colorado avalanche i sure do i sure do i have toronto beating montreal in six Edmonton beating Winnipeg in five, Colorado beating St. Louis in six, uh, Vegas beating Minnesota in five, Pittsburgh beating New York Islanders in five, Boston beating Washington in seven, Carolina beating Nashville in six, and the Lightning beating uh, Panthers in six. And then I have also the Colorado Avalanche winning it all. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Corey, who just likes to be different. <laughs> But honestly, that's probably going to work in his favor. So um, we have Toronto beating Montreal in six, Edmonton beating Winnipeg in five. So really, we all know what the Canadian vision is gonna d- division is going to do, apparently. Yeah. Um, we're all pretty solid on that. And then we have Colorado beating St. Louis in five, the Wild beating the Knights in seven, Pittsburgh beating New York in seven. Washington beating Boston in six, Carolina beating Nashville in six, Florida beating the Tampa Bay Lightning in seven. Um, And then you have the Minnesota Wild winning. So I guess really his bracket isn't like super different. It's just the West is really different from ours. Oh, yeah. So those are our predictions for the 2021 NHL playoffs. Uh, Do I think any of us will be right? Probably not. It's the NHL playoffs. They're always wild. Um, for all we know, Winnipeg's going to win. Oh, yeah. Don't think that's actually going to happen, but no, it, it could. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who Vegas went, knows? Vegas went to the finals. That's something that I'll never never forget. Yeah, that was a crazy season. Yeah, sure Record-breaking. Oh, well. The Detroit Red Wings were the only ones to not be beaten by Vegas that entire season. There you Fun go. Fact. Let's go, Wings. <laughs> We like to be the the rebellious rock in the way of uh, bulldozing teams for some yeah. reason. Like we we like blow over for any team that's in our division, but oh, anytime yeah. it's some team that's from another division on a tirade towards winning everything, we're like Locked not out. <laughs> not on our watch. Bye. <laughs> so. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And look, I went the whole thing not talking about the Krakens poll. I'll save that for. I'll save that for. Another. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm gonna say. Look it. at everyone. You disappointed me. I'm so mad that. I love you all. No, no, you're all wrong. <laughs> I even texted. I screenshot it because Brecken voted Krakens, and I was like, screenshotted. Let's go, Brecken. <laughs> and I said in Let's all caps, "How dare you!" <laughs> Because I know, I know that she knew I was the other one. I made it very unbiased in the post. That was intentional. I didn't want him to have any, 
credence for saying that I was swaying people one way or the other. Didn't have to. <laughs> Truth and stands, baby. No. <laughs> My Seattle Krakens. <laughs> Let's go, boys. I like to thank everybody for this absolute. I okay. What's funny is I had a buddy of mine. He was listening to that episode while you had that poll, and he literally texted me and said, "The Krakens, how dumb are you?" But he said it in a little worse way that I'm not going to repeat uh, live. But mm-hmm. um, I then had the wonderful opportunity to screenshot the poll and send that the people of the CNC replay do have some sense left with them. And I, <laughs> I'd i like to thank all of you for making my week the best it's ever been. No. I, no. <sighs> you want to know what Brecken's response was? She goes, I don't actually believe that that's the correct way, and I don't believe that the, that's the way I'm going to say it. I just know Midwesterners too well. Let's and <laughs> I was like, I don't care. People, no, I'm... It's fine. I'm going to be salty. I'm going to continue to be salty. And it's, it is what it is. I'm mad about it. Chris is never going to let it go. We're going to be 75 doing this podcast. And he's going to be like, hey, remember in episode 15 when you lost? The (laughs) Kraken. He wants to make t-shirts. It's a whole thing. Yep. Playing on it. I might have bought a Seattle hat. I don't know. I might have. But we'll find out. It's a sweet logo. We'll find out. I know, and I'm going to put crack in, and then I'm going to tape it. And in Sharpie on the side. Sharpie on the side, I can write crack in to the big Seattle S. Oh, my word. My, anyways, but guys, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, if you got this far. Uh, please, as always, rate us five stars. Make sure you're listening. Make sure you follow us at the CNC Sports Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, we'll see you next week. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we have 15 in, and I can't wait for the next 15. So let's enjoy this summer, and uh, I guys hope you have an amazing week. Yep. Hey, guess what, Corey? We can do it without you. It's not <laughs> fun, but we can. We made it to 52 <laughs> minutes without you talking. Who thought we could get there? I didn't. I thought we'd end at 36. <laughs> Yeah, we love you, Corey. Come back soon. (laughs) We love you, buddy. We'll see you soon. Hey, everyone, have a good week. Bye. Bye.